Would you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks that you are with us in this place. We give you thanks that as our anticipation of Christmas morning arises within us, so too you arise within our hearts and inspire with us a desire to see your coming again when the promises that you have spoken to Mary and through Mary and the Magnificat come true. Help us catch glimpses of that future even now in our worship, in our praise of you, in our living, and then we see your kingdom taking root in the world. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our reading comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. If you're following along in the Pew Bible, you can find that on page 56 of the New Testament. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestors David. He will resign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We continue on in the series that we've been working on so far this Advent, the redemption of Scrooge, or perhaps to the most scary of the three ghosts, or the four if you count Marley. This is the one of the unknown. It's one I think that we all can identify with because we all have a, a somewhat of a fear of the future because we can't define it, we can't explain it, and we can't predict it. There are things that we can do to kind of project out to see what's going to happen, and sometimes we're right, and sometimes we're wrong. 
more often time considering how much we worry about the future and how little those things actually come about, we are actually not very good at predicting the future, though we try. It is this ghost that Scrooge is most terrified of for that reason. We caught glimpse is in the previous week where he had this desire and this, this fear that Tiny Tim would die. And now he meets the one that can show him. How many of us would respond to the ghost of Christmas future in the reality of facing the outcomes of our lives, the outcomes of our decisions, the outcomes of who we are and how we have lived in this world, how many of us would face it with celebration and joy and how many of us would face it with trepidation and perhaps fear? This is the question that lies before us because while Scrooge was given glimpses of the natural outcomes of his actions and the way he treated people, that he would die alone and that, that thieves would pilfer his bedding and his, uh, and, and his sleeping clothes right off his body to be sold and no one would be there to watch, that no mourners would be present to, to mourn his passing or even to mark his passing. He would, be he would die utterly alone. And that, yes, Tiny Tim would also die. It plays on the heartstrings because it matches some of the fears and questions that we have about the future. How will our lives ripple across time? How will our actions affect the lives of others? Will we be remembered well? Will we be celebrated when we are gone? Will there be those around us who loved us in such a way that we will not be alone in our final, final moments on this earth and at once our passing has happened. Sometimes I long for some future glimpses. Sometimes I would love to see what the future would look like and how it would unfold. But the future that we're talking about is not some distant future or general future. Just like Scrooge's past wasn't just general Christmas's past, but his the future that he sees and the future that I'm not sure I want to see is the future my life has wrought. For I know I've made mistakes, for I know I make bad decisions. There are times that I do not live as Christ would have me live. And I repent of that and I seek to become more like Christ and to grow more in love with him each day and treat others as God would have me treat them. But I know I am not there yet. I know that I have a long way to go. And I fear sometimes those actions, those coarse words, those, that raised voice out of frustration or anger will be the thing that ripples out. And when I think about those things, it inspires me to do the very thing that Christ has asked us to do. To grow in holiness, to grow in love, to send out those good ripples of a life lived in Christ, loving neighbor and loving God. 
so that the life and the future that I would see, the one inspired by my life and my actions, would be a benefit and a joy to see rather than one narrowed by fear and despair. Now, so all of us are somewhere on that spectrum between the miserly Scrooge and the perfect Christ. I don't think anybody in this room is on either end of it. If you've reached the Christ side, raise your hand because i got some questions and I need some inspiration. Some of us are, all of us are in that range. Some days we're a little better than others. Some days we're a little worse. But if we thought of our actions, we thought about our lives, thought about our words, in terms of this gift that was given to Scrooge, for this is that that final gift. Each spirit brought a gift to him. They terrified him. At times he preferred that he didn't receive them. At one point he said he would have rather received a good night's rest than the gifts that the ghosts bring. But by giving them glimpses of his past, where there was joy and yes, there was pain, where he could learn from and grow anew, glimpses of the way Christmas has brought joy and laughter and celebration to all corners of the world, where there is wealth and where there is poor, where there is war and famine, and where there is peace, he could see that Christmas was not a humbug but one of life-giving. And now this gift of the glimpse of the future, to show him that his deeds did matter, the things that he said, the words that he said, the things that he had done mattered and would have a lasting impact. This is a gift. It reminds us that we are not isolated. We are not alone And there is a future. And it is one that we have a hand in shaping. But there is one place where we do get to get a glimpse of the future that's been ahead of us. There is one place where we can find those signs of the future, the signs of, of what can be and what will be, and where we participate in it, And that is in the scripture. Mary is given a glimpse of the future through the words of the angel who said, you will bear a child and he will be known as the son of the most high, the son of God. And you shall name him Jesus. He saves. He will be Emmanuel, God with you. And all the kingdoms of the earth will be given to him. The next section, I encourage you to read it. Perhaps if you have time, I know it's a busy day, and if you are coming back to our Christmas Eve service or going to another, spend some time reading the Magnificat. Mary's song of who this Jesus will be and her role in in, in God's redemptive plan that will bring justice, that will bring mercy, that will raise the downtrodden and bring down the lofty. We are given through scripture a glimpse of the future that God has promised, one in which there is justice, one in which there is hope, peace, 
joy, and love, one in which that we all long for this day, one a future that we can catch glimpses of in our Christmas celebrations as we go about our lives where this time of year things seem just a little bit better in how we treat one another, at least if we look hard enough. We catch this glimpse of the future and we know that this is the promise of God. So the question for us, as we seek to live out as God's ways, as we seek to live out our lives so that they have those positive ripples into the future, wouldn't we want to send actions? Wouldn't we want to do things that shape our lives and shape the lives around us into the future that we know is coming? If we know that there will be a a world of peace, do we not want to send live out a life of peace now. If we know in the end there will be joy, would we not want to live out that joy now so that it expands and grows from us? If we want know that there will be a future of justice, why would we want our actions, our lives, our decisions, our politics send out into the future waves of injustice. We are given the gift through the gift of the scripture and through the gift of Mary's declarations, through the promises of Christ himself, that the future is one in which God reigns, in which God is in control in which the forces of evil, the forces of pain and suffering in this world that cause division, that cause anger, that cause hatred, will be defeated and will be no more. When people from all nations, all tribes, and all languages will come together, when there will be no more war, and the implementations of war will be turned into implements of sustenance. Swords being beat into plowshares. This is the promise that God calls us. This is the promise that God gives us. This is the promise that is made possible through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the future that we ourselves can live into in the here and now. And we don't have to wait for the distant future. We can live lives marked by God's kingdom. We can live lives marked by the future that God has promised. Where we are workers for peace, for justice, for community and growth and transformation. Where darkness is dispelled. Where hate is challenged. Where we stand up to the powers and principalities of this world that would work against God's kingdom. We have been given a glimpse into the future. We can see the ripples that we make. We can see the the lives that we transform, including our own. If we open our eyes. If we are willing to look in places that would otherwise make us afraid. 
if we are willing to face the future, if we are willing to face the things that are yet to come. We have to boldly enter into the future, live into it with our words, our deeds, and our actions, and our spirit. But this is made available to us. Through God's help, through the presence of Jesus Christ who renews us, who invites us back to him when we have gone too far in the other direction, who reminds us to return home and to look and see. It can be terrifying, it can be painful, but it can be joy-giving, and it can be reassuring. And so my prayer for us this day, as you enter into the season of Christmas, as you enter into this evening celebrations and tomorrow's time of joy and laughter, catch the glimpses of God's kingdom in your midst. Hold on to them tightly, not wanting to let them go. And trust in the future at hand. Amen. May you go from this place putting your trust in him so that you may find hope Peace, joy, and love.